Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. What a crazy day on the way, Cofield and Company. Well, I hope it is. A lot of crazy topics to get to. Silver 7's Thursday home, Cofield and Company on the road. Thursday night football is coming up. Big game, big game for a lot of reasons, which we'll explain throughout the show. Steelers and Browns, both teams have had their moments, and the season could be a little better. It's only two games in, but thin margin for error in the AFC with a, a conference that probably goes 10 or 11 deep, maybe 12 deep with playoff contenders. John Von Tobel is here. It's Cofield. Silver Sevens is the site. Back in our Finley Toyota Studios, it's Ari running the show, so let's get to it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. NBA on a Thursday. It's a busy day in the NBA. In September, but the NBA is actually a lot closer than you think with the exhibition games coming up, training camp opening up relatively soon, and some more last-second moves because of moves that were kind of last-second a couple of weeks ago. The Lakers, number one NBA team here in Las Vegas with all the L.A. and California transplants, and you know a lot of Las Vegans grew up as Lakers fans. Lakers make a move. No, they did not. Oh, no. Yeah. They got beat to the punch? Kind of. So, What are they doing? There's a sell-off. So, actually, uh, Rob Polinka was trending on Twitter for me at least this morning. Uh, It's all different for every single one of us um, because he was just sitting around and doing nothing, apparently, while Bojan Bogdanovich, a uh, pretty solid forward for the Utah Jazz, or formerly for the Utah Jazz, went to the Detroit Pistons for Kelly Olenek and Saban Lee. That was it. So I think a lot of Lakers fans and Bogdanovich had been kind of tied to the Lakers uh, in some reports. It was one of the few people that the Lakers could realistically have gotten in some sort of package. It would have been a lot more than just a straight-up trade. Um, But still, pretty solid piece for a team that needs some pieces, uh, that has a really big need for depth at the wing. And Bogdanovich is gone essentially for, as some people put it, a couple of ring pops and Laffy Taffy. Kind of a missed opportunity. But they're still out there. The Pacers, I don't know if you saw the report a couple of days ago, uh, the Pacers and the Lakers talked again about a swap with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Pa- Lakers would have to give up two first-round picks, the only two that they own. They don't want to do it. So <laughs> I-, I would say that maybe there's still something to be made here, and you're seeing with these moves. We're not done with moves until we get this season started. John, of course, NBA insider. What's the official title for VEASAN? Uh, senior NBA analyst. Senior NBA analyst. So we keep going with the NBA, and these are big stories. We'll get to Bobby Sarver in a little bit and his grossness yesterday. What a horse's ass. Imagine if the Sarver thing was still going on. So for folks who haven't followed the story, Robert Sarver turns out giant racist, dropping N-bombs all over the place, thinking it's funny. Probably more rampant sexual harasser, making Mm -hmm. lewd comments to various females in the organization. Scratched and clawed to not get a penalty. The NBA hands down a one-year penalty to the owner of the Suns and the Mercury. $10 $10 million fine. A lot of pressure put on the league by NBA players, WNBA players, other folks. Sarver decides, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to sell my portion of the team. If he hadn't have done that earlier in the week, and this was still dragging on, can you imagine if the story was released like it was today on the Celtics suspending their head coach for a year for – what is being called a consensual, inappropriate relationship. Think about that. If Sarver was only facing a year, 
and Ime Odoka was also getting a year for a consensual relationship that is being called inappropriate, my God, that would have been yeah. crazy. I mean, it's still worth looking at it, you know, comparing and contrasting. But what do we know about Udoka? Because I don't know where you are on this, but until I get more details, and I guess I'll reserve, I shouldn't even say this, this does seem like a really stiff penalty. Well, I think it's, no? it, well, I mean, it seems stiff in the light of everything we've seen, right? Like Robert Sarver was going to get a year for 18 years of sexual harassment and like, and dropping racial slurs, right? Like he was going to get a year and $10 million and then we get consensual relationship. Yeah, you're done for the year. But also remember that this is a team punishment as opposed to a league punishment, which is different. All these teams are their own entities, essentially their own businesses to a certain extent. Uh, so they're going to handle things differently. And the important part to realize here, because a lot of people are drawing the comparisons, it's that. And it's also that while it was a consensual relationship, there's a dynamic of power here. Ime Udoka is essentially, if we call him a CEO, whatever it is, he's a very high-ranking official in the Celtics organization. And it is assumed that this female, and I would assume because of the punishment, that this female staff member was beneath him. That is a really big violation in workplaces, which if you're listening to this right now driving around, in your workplace, it is something that should not happen. A boss should not be in a consensual relationship with somebody who is beneath them. It creates a very weird dynamic. It's a conflict of interest. It shouldn't be happening in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's why the Celtics went the route that they did. Is it only a male boss and a female subordinate, or does it go the other way? It should go the other way as well. In fact, I mean, I, I know of Wasn't somebody. that the theme of horrible bosses? Right. It was uh, the dentist lady. Aniston yeah. out of control? Yeah. Well, I mean, she was also like... Harassing. Was she was, say, she was pulling a sarver. This seemed consensual as opposed to, I think, Charlie Day in that movie was very much did not want any part of the relationship with Jennifer Aniston, whatever her character's name was. Uh, but I think a lot of people are freaking out because of the word consensual. Like, if it's consensual, what's the big deal? The deal is the power dynamic here. And I actually kind of get it to a certain extent, but when you juxtapose it with everything that happened with Robert Sarver and the punishment for him being forced upon him because of the court of public opinion being so hard on him, I can understand why a lot of people would look at something like this and go, yeah, this seems really heavy-handed for the Boston Celtics. Udoka's wife is Nia Long? Yeah, so Nia Long is yeah, the actress. And, yeah, there's a lot of out there, too. Like, really? Nia? You're going to do that to her? Um, Boys which, in the Hood, yeah. Soul Food. I mean, a very, a very solid get for a wife, I would say. Uh, but Ime Udoka, I guess, had other plans. People are people. Yep. Oh, and, I mean, and if you're out there and you're like, no, men are men. No, people are people. Oh, women give me crumbs too. They, they stray. Yeah. It happens. Especially, look, when you have, I mean, you guys, you and Adam have said this a lot. When you reach the heights that you do when it comes to finance and, like, freedom and all that kind of stuff, it, it, is, it is pretty incredible that a lot of these people do decide to try that because you see this time and time again with a lot of people who are, rel like, which, uh, rich and wealthy yeah. and have status. Well, powerful you know? people right. get a lot more opportunities than the average Joe and Josephine. Exactly. It happens. And, and I'd also say really quickly, too, part of the toxic thing of this is people are just taking the only picture of the female staffer that is on the website and just blowing it up and saying that it's her. You have no idea who it was. Oh, I thought there's – I saw someone in the Boston media saying stop posting multiple pictures of all the female staffers. Oh, okay. I saw – the only thing I saw was there was just one female staffer that's, like, literally on the basketball staff that her picture keeps getting posted. Like, we don't know what's happening. It could have been somebody in ticket sales for all we know. Uh, but at the same time, like, it's – it's inappropriate of Ime Udoka to do that. 
It just flat out is. You shouldn't be doing that. We can argue and quibble about the punishment, but if you're in a position of power like that, you shouldn't be doing it. I know somebody who is a manager at their respective job who did that and is currently doing it, and I think it's extremely inappropriate. Good take. You think so? No, I hadn't thought of that angle, that the, the power dynamic. Yeah. Um, because you hear the word consensual, and you're like, well, these things happen. Um, that said, Udoka and the woman could have been warned eight times before this and you know, kept doing it. And, you could have lied know, about get, it, right? Get, getting warnings. Yep. and All of that in the books, this is a pretty common thing in sports. Yeah, it is pretty. It is. Very common. There are big-time Division One coaches, known and unknown, like we know on the record. That you know they've done stuff in the past. We had you know Bo Ryan get outed a few years back for doing so. Mm-hmm. There are some very famous coaches now who have had issues with this in the past. And remember too, this isn't the first time we've seen this in the NBA. Just a couple of years, actually a year ago, um, the Minnesota Timberwolves fired their president of basketball operation, Gerson Rosas, on Wednesday because he had an inappropriate affair, among some other things. So, like, this happens quite a bit, but he had an affair with a team staffer. So there are, there are examples of teams taking this relatively seriously. Yeah. You remember Scott McLuhan, right, was an oh, yeah. executive, the GM, with the uh, Redskins of the time, and there were rumors about, you know, inappropriate relationships in the organization, also with uh, several female media members. Yep. Apparently the now commanders were a haven for, what's the right word? Debauchery? Debauchery is a good word. I didn't want to go too strong. Yeah. Debauchery is a good word. But it was a, uh, it was a, I don't know. I don't want to go. It was a horn house. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was, it was bad. A lot of horny people. You know? So I guess we'll get more details on this at some point, but kind of earth shattering news in the world of the NBA. You got a guy who is running a team who, one of the favorites to make it back to the NBA finals. And now he may be gone for the rest of the season. Daily happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pints, shots, and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. Can you say anything in Spanish? The only thing I know is la misma mierda todos los días. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I you, that's all I know. <laughs> I, should, I should add good words. My bad. Hey, baby, que paso? Thought I was your only vato. Cofield and Company is back from Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Join the fellas for every Thursday night football game. Come on, baby, I'm excited to jump in. All right, stop this and play it again. That was all for JVT, and he wasn't listening. Sorry, Ari. Yeah, That's all right. Him. He had his headphones off. The Commodore 64 will take about four minutes Can to reload Can you say anything here. in Spanish? The only thing I know is la misma mierda todos los días. No. Okay, that's good. Any clue what that was? Uh, the same S every day, I think, right? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He dropped an S-bomb, and the Latino Latina reporter was like, what are you doing? I mean, come on. And then he's like, well, that's the only Spanish I know. You asked me, like, but you still can't curse, whether it's Spanish or English. Harry Bader. It's the same thing. I, 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 I think there's a study on this. But, like, it's one of the first things you learn about a new language every time, right? It's the bad words first. Yeah, yeah. You want to learn the bad stuff first. Yeah, she said, I, I should have asked you about a good word. Right. Make sure it's all good words. you gotta, you got to learn about the bad ones. So he's on the Yankees, and a, a, I, I think a weird story just came down. Yankees attempting trade to get Michael Kay on Apple broadcast. So 
Apple has the game tonight. So does Yes in New York. And so far, Apple and MLB have declined all offers, it says, from Yes to put the uh, the game using the Yankee-owned network. Uh, right now, play-by-play broadcaster Steven Nelson plus Hunter Pence and Katie Nolan oh. are on the Friday Red Sox-Yankees game, wow. and they want to make sure that Michael Kay could be heard nationwide to, to do the call if Judge hit 61. Is that... Is that New York arrogance? Yes. Okay. I figured now, you'd I figured you'd love this one. Yeah, I will say. But again though, here's the thing. It's New York arrogance to an extent, but going back to our conversation yesterday, it is a regional sport. And so if you're a hardcore Yankees fan, who I would probably guess how many hundred plus games have they played already, that you've taken in Michael Kay on a vast majority of those broadcasts, if not every single one of them, you probably want the guy who followed the season the entire way and who's been a part of the franchise in some form or fashion right for many many years decades even hasn't he like you'd probably want him as part of a historic night like i kind of get it to a certain extent instead of who is it <laughs> on the broadcast hunter pence katie nolan and steven nelson is the play-by-play guy yeah no nah. and i haven't heard really great things about the apple broadcast to begin with so a historic night like that for new yorkers who love their baseball and the yankees there's a terrible Yankee, oh, yeah, New York accent, but you get it. Interesting weekend around the AFC West in week three, right? It's, it's crazy how it's gone so far. Broncos are playing the Niners on snuff. Uh, we played the audio. We got to fire this again. Russell Wilson just trying to rally the troops in the last game. Hey, sideline, run a pass. Hey, you got to let him know. Come on, commit to it. You got to let him know. Run a pass. Let's go. Got to let him know. Run a pass. Run a pass. Let him know. 9-6. Let him know. Run a pass. Let him know. Run a pass. Nice and loud. Pass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the best part. Okay. You sent over Russell Wilson pleading with his team to shout run or pass on the sideline. It's very sad. They hate him. They have to. They Already? Have to. Listen to that. That is the most annoying thing I've ever heard. Runner pass, really, dude? We, oh, we just talked about it last week. About what? With play action? Yeah, with play action and UNLV, and we were talking about Austin Ashike and the high hat, okay. and you got the sideline. We'll scream at now. They better get it right. Yeah, and you know what? Better and, get it right. Don't you know? Don't don't scream run if it's a pass. And the UNLV sideline did a good job. I was there. I listened. They they were yelling runner pass. But you know what? You know, Doug Brumfield wasn't on the sideline. Let's go. Let's go, 9-6, by the way. The disrespect. Learn his name. His name is on the back of his jersey. Don't just call him 9-6, okay? And I looked up who 9-6 was. It's a very hard last name to pronounce, so I actually don't kind of blame him a lot. Right, but that's still, why he did it. You're the leader, okay? And here's the other thing. You were kind of terrible in that game. So don't tell me to commit to run or pass on the sideline while you're out here against the Houston Texans flubbing around and being absolutely atrocious. There's more important things at work here, dude. Commit to it. Yeah, I feel like the the narrative on Russell Wilson is changing really quickly. No, it's not. Like people are, well, I'm just gonna say people are dropping off. Some in Denver. I started to think the other day. I was like, man, my rants over the summer and going back to even the middle of last season when and the season before when there were troubles in Seattle, and I was like, Russell Wilson is the one who makes the Seahawks, not the GM and Pete Carroll. And I'm not gonna jump off the Russell Wilson bandwagon just because of a couple of. Rough games here because I also believe that Nathaniel Hackett is really struggling. Yeah. Being a head coach with all the things that go into being a head coach. And again, I will point out, I told you during the summer, 
First-time head coaches should not be the coordinator as well. He's confused. And the crowd is now mocking on the team, which if I'm on the Broncos, I'm like, this is bull crap. They're counting down the play clock in the stands. Yep. Because we're making so many freaking mistakes. His decision-making and play calling has been so bad. They had a sequence in that Texans game where they had a third and one. They run this really weird fullback sweep to the right where he's got to cover like 15 yards to get one. He gets tackled in the backfield. They put the offense out there initially to go for it on fourth and two, decide not to, scramble the kicking unit out there, take a delay a game, and then have to punt it away. It's like things like that. Hackett's got no idea what's going on. And, and I think bringing it back to Russell Wilson, do they hate him? No. But does the act wear thin? Like you're not – you don't have to act like this all the time, man. All right? We don't need rah-rah dude. Hey, everybody, let's be a team. Let's, let's, let's harmonize on this runner pass, runner pass. Like let's focus on the things that are going wrong here because our offense has been terrible through the first two games. That said, week two overreactions are hilarious. There's so many – panicked situations around the National Football League. You know, I mention to this audience all the time, really good show over on our sister station, Fox Sports, 1340 and 98.9 FM, that does a lot of West Coast sports talk. Doug Gottlieb had Ross Tucker on yesterday. Well, Ross is a pretty big-time NFL analyst. He played in the league. And I'm always surprised when I hear former NFL players flipping out in week two. Ross Tucker was trying to say that He's never seen a worse start for a head coach in recent memory in the NFL. And then he was throwing out there, have you ever seen someone start like this and look so you know, out of sorts, in over their head, actually turn into a good head coach? I'm like, it's two freaking games. Do we really want to write off Nathaniel Hackett already? I mean, that's, that sounds like a fan. That sounds like a, a hot take, hot shot. You know, like, we are doing sports radio. I mean, I hope we don't do that very often, but I'm like, you played in the league. I don't, There's nothing redeeming about Nathaniel Hackett. Like, he can't come back from this? Yeah, I don't think I would sell entirely on Hackett. I, think, I, I always say there is always room to improve. Like, you can always improve. The first two games have been horrific for Hackett. I think those two things can be true, right? The first two games were absolutely terrible. I don't know if they were, you know, in comparison with other terrible starts as a head coach. But I thought his decision-making in the first two games is absolutely horrific. And I thought his response – and remember, I brought that up after the first week. Remember, when we talked about his response – to the failure on that final drive, and he kind of treated it all jokey and thought, oh, everybody's mad because of the result, and he didn't show that he wanted to grow. And then we saw what happened against Houston. That, I think, is a troubling sign. But I'm not going to punt and say he's terrible. In fact, I kind of want to bet the Broncos on Sunday night. Um, <laughs> Denver's, Denver's a one-and-a-half dog at home against San Fran now with Jimmy G. They were a two-and-a-half-point favorite initially on that okay. line. Um, but, no, I'm not going to punt on them. And I think this market is that, – that line's two things coming together. That line is the Broncos looking terrible for the first few weeks and everybody freaking out that Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback again, which may I just remind everybody that the betting market had the San Francisco 49ers before the season as a team with a win total of 10.5 or 10, the second choice in the NFC West by percentage points, and a top 10 choice to win the Super Bowl. That was with Trey Lance, but now, to your point about punting two weeks in, Jimmy Garoppolo is the savior. They're much better. Now they're like a, what, 12-win team? Like, come on. Like, I see a whole lot of people like, I've upgraded the 49ers exponentially. Like, they were a 10-win team when the season started, according to the betting markets. How much have you upgraded them? Uh, the other thing in that conversation with uh, Gottlieb and Tucker, Tucker started to suggest that Hackett, because he wasn't hired by the new owners, 
you know, the transaction went down, I think, right after, mm-hmm. that he may not make it through the year Okay, as a head coach. And then he started – they tried to hearken back to other situations where a coach didn't make it through year one. Well, there's one pretty recent. Herb was out last year before the end of the season, Urban Meyer with Jacksonville. Right, but he was kicking players, going out of bars, not taking team flights well, back. <laughs> like, there's a similarity between uh, Urban Meyer and a couple other guys who didn't make it through the first year. Do you know some of the other guys who didn't make it through year one in the NFL? Uh, Petrino, right. Right. So what's uh, the similarity? Easy one. I mean, scumbags. Um, and college coaches. All college coaches. Who right, had yeah. an escape hatch. I don't think Meyer left because he thought he was going to get a job immediately, but Petrino could get out. But Petrino would unravel that quickly. And the other one is actually in the Wayback Machine, and I'm, I'm, I would say I'm 99.9% sure he's a college, college football Hall of Famer. But um, Wolf and Chiefs clothing – and was awful in the NFL. Just a complete idiot. I don't know. Who? Lou Holtz. Oh, Lou Holtz, really? coach for the Jets, made it 13 of 14 games and quit. What year was that? 74 or 73. Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, We uh, last year we played, I think it was like a Monday night football open about five weeks in, and Howard Cosell was talking about Lou Holtz and the Jets struggling because they were running like the friggin' wing tee or something. It was some like <laughs> ridiculous offense for the NFL, but he insisted coming from Arkansas, like, this is going to work. And then he quit. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, no wide receivers, just like. And tight sadly, formation. if you rank the worst, worst coaches the Jets have ever had, he may not be the worst. But yeah, similarity there. They, uh, they all said, I, I can't do this. Uh, I have to quit. I mean, going back to Tucker's overreaction, I mean, those are really good examples right there. That's ridiculous. Those were terrible starts. Uh, I mean, you know, Hackett does have similarities to another guy who actually got multiple head coaching opportunities. Sometimes we get suckered by offensive coaches Mm -hmm. who are boosted up by all-time quarterbacks. So, Gase. Yep. Adam Gase will never be a head coach anywhere unless it's a high school. Yeah. But, well, but see, Manning. but everybody we've talked about though, and that's a good point. But like, even with Gase, everything you read about Adam Gase, and I haven't read anything about Hackett yet. Like all these guys were talking about had like they were arrogant, they were kind of crappy people. They did not treat the people around them well. We have not gotten that sense from Hackett yet, and I think all of those factors contributed to those guys not lasting, or in Gase's case, lasting, but ultimately burning bridges to the point where he's probably not going to get another NFL coaching job as he moves forward. Hackett just kind of. At this point, just seems like a bad decision maker. And we'll see if maybe that gets better. Big deal this Saturday, 4-6, to six, ESPN Las Vegas on the road with Ari. He'll be at the Las Vegas Greek Festival at the St. John Greek Church on Hacienda. It's the biggest Greek party of the year. Great food, awesome shopping, and Greek fun. I assume Ari is familiar with the Greek fun. I dated a, a Greek lady and was kind of a part of a Greek family back in the day, way back when. And uh, they, they had a lot of Greek fun. My- Join Cofield and Company on Mondays for the live 2 to 5 show at Twin Peaks in Henderson. Big beers for under 4 bucks. Select appetizers are 2, 4, and $6. Come hang at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. I'm not condoning the actions at all, but I don't think it would be a year if it was a consensual relationship. The moral side of it, it's something that we can discuss later, but I've seen people in business who can still function and run an elite business, even though they've had some breakdowns morally with some things. Now, the breaking team guidelines, I understand that, but a year? That seems extreme to me. 
Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. Jason Williams, former Duke basketball player, doing the morning show nationally for ESPN. I think a lot of us have to reserve judgment on this one, although Stephen A., we got a bite from Stephen A. coming up. Uh, he was flipping out over Ime Udoka, facing a year suspension from the Celtics for what is being called a consensual inappropriate relationship. Can I, so we'll uh, get into this a little more. Can I say something in just quick? a little bit? Actually, I wanted you to finish your Greek thought. Uh, oh, yeah, two things. So, But first off, can I just say, he's been referred to as Jay Williams so many times, I forgot his name was Jason. So when you called him Jason Williams, I was like, who's that? I thought it was Jay Williams. I mean, to go back in the Wayback Machine, I actually, when I was covering high school basketball, I got to cover him as a Jersey prep star. So he was always Jason Williams. And I feel like he was Jake, uh, Jason Williams in, at Duke the whole time. But then when he got to the NBA, you know, there's multiple Jason Williams. And one of them was the St. John's dude who turned out to be, yeah. you know, kind of a a wackadoo. Also, I just Googled him, and he comes up as J.J. Williams, which is really weird because I've never heard that one. Um, but my Greek thought was just uh, I really like the Greek festival, and my aunt got married at that church. It's a really good spot. So if you're not doing anything, go check it out with Ari because it's one of my favorite local festivals. And Ari is the cherry on the top. That's right. No, no doubt. Back to Sarver. This Robert Sarver who has been convinced by many to move on from the Suns and the Mercury really got both of us yesterday. This is a guy who, over 18 years, had multiple allegations of harassment of female employees. So, you know, while Ime Odoka may have been sleeping with a subordinate, which is inappropriate, this guy was terrorizing the females in his organization. Also, proudly was thrown around the N-bomb, Please tell me he did not go the route of righteous indignation from someone completely and totally in the wrong and use the religion card. From his statement yesterday, quote, as a man of faith, I believe in atonement and the path to forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. But in our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that that is no longer possible, that whatever good I have done or can still do is outweighed by things I have said in the past. For those reasons, I am beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury. I'm sorry, Mr. Sarver. I'm sorry. I'm the bad person. You're right. Cancel John, culture. you're a bad person. Yep. What's wrong with you? Can't you give forgiveness? Cancel again, Steve. Cancel yeah. culture strikes yeah. once more. Five or ten years from now, when you've proven that you're not going to harass people, you're not racist, you can buy back into a league five or ten years from now. But to pull this, our unforgiving culture, when, listen, dude, up until the pressure of the last two weeks, Listen to Woj here. You didn't sound sorry at all. You didn't want any sort of penalty. It sounds like you were freaking fired up to come back after a year and possibly continue to flex your muscles and act like a billionaire horse's ass. When the league was trying to get him to voluntarily accept a one-year a suspension, the fine, he pushed back very hard, I'm told. He was not... Um, this was not somebody who was showing a great deal of regret and sorrow over what he did. And I think there was concerns around the NBA that 
his appetite to exist as a pariah in the league would continue, that he was not somebody who maybe would go away easily. Uh, but now he is going to sell the teams, and certainly it lets the NBA, uh, the, his ownership peers off the hook, uh, who were not going to move for a vote uh, to expel him as an owner. Which is also great when you hear, and you see it happening in the NFL, the other owners are like, crap, you might have dirt on me. I'm not going to push too hard because this could always come back on me when I get in trouble. You heard it. So three weeks ago, up until the very end, he wasn't sorry. He wasn't remorseful. And now that he's sort of been forced to sell his team, he's like, it's you guys. It's your fault. What happened to forgiveness? I'm a person of faith. Come on, man. Wait, but Steve... Adam Silver in the NBA said that he was cooperating fully and that everything was fine and that he was all in on this and he was going to be accepting of the penalty. And I think really as this kind of grows out a little bit more and we see Sarver's statement and we hear Woj's report, I personally am very uh, like disappointed in myself because I was a little tepid and like, hey, you know what, I think this should be a little bit long. No, it was ridiculous that they handed Sarver one year, $10 million, and as we discussed with Justin last week, we're going to allow him back in that workplace after a year. That is absolutely insane when you learn more and more about this guy. And Adam Silver, I think you mentioned this yesterday, Adam Silver might be getting out from this just because he's selling the team. He shouldn't. He looks like an idiot after this. And I wanted Ari to play this. Listen to him stumbling through his defense of this suspension and talking about context when it comes to some of the events around what Sarver did. I'm able to look at the totality of the circumstances around those events in a way that doesn't, in a way that we're not able to completely bring to life the nuance that you see, you know, around that, that when you read a report or deal with it as sort of in short bursts of news reporting. Oh, God. <laughs> like that a- was terrible. The nuance, the nuance behind at least five occasions of repeating the N-word when recounting the statements of others, the nuance of engaging in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, made many sex-related comments in the workplace, inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees and other women on several occasions, the nuance in engaging in demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including by yelling and cursing at them. What's the nuance there? Right? But the NBA came out and tried to protect him, despite all of that. And you listen to that whole press conference Silver tries to. He sits there and says, you know, you guys have access to everything, but you really don't. You know, I had some content. There's, there's t- text messages and phone calls that you guys can't really see. Like, no, man, you are the arm, like your extension of the owners, and you were trying to protect them. And it's absolutely ridiculous that you tried to watch this over with a one-year suspension and $10 million. And frankly, him having to sell both teams for billions of dollars yeah. and getting nothing out of this is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. R- rough, br- rough break. 77 cent beers tonight, Bud, Bud Light, Mick Ultra Bottles. It's Thursday night football, Silver 7, Silver 7s, Silver 7s, best spot in town for cheap beers and football, great food specials as well. It's Silver 7s, Flamingo, and Paradise. Join Cofield and Company on Fridays for the 3 to 6 show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. This report that came out last week is the total opposite of everything that the NBA stands for. To think that someone like Robert Sarver that's acting in that manner can continue to represent us, that's 
lawyer, host of Suit Up News, legal and cultural contributor, Xavier Pope, is live on Cofield and Company. All right, rolling on Thursday, Silver Sevens. Let's get to Xavier Pope on this Thursday. Xavier, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How you doing? Uh, good stuff to talk about. Crazy stuff around the world of yeah. sports and elsewhere. We heard uh, Dr. Dre, as we call him, master of kinesiology, basketball player Draymond Green, uh, talking about the NBA and reporting on Robert Sarver. So give me your reaction to Sarver and you know how this all happened because the NBA gave him kind of a slap on the wrist and then the players in both the WNBA and the NBA got real vocal. Yeah, we've been talking about this on the latest episode of Scoop News about Robert Sarver updating it. Um, to include the uh, Robert Sarver talking about selling the team, but I, I think that this is a, these are two leagues: the WNBA, NBA, mostly black players, and with a league that was seemingly very vocal about um, social injustice and getting players involved in it, and then making this pretty much slap on the wrist, ten million bucks, um, be banned for a year from the team, while this team accrued value. Um, which now team values in professional sports are exploding, um, didn't feel like a punishment at all, felt like a vacation. And I think that it was really great that you saw the, the stars of that sport, LeBron James, uh, Chris Paul, um, who played for him. Uh, to be vocal, very vocal about what happened with Robert Sarver. Um, uh, what we see is that pressure um, also influenced maybe some of the sponsors, you know, PayPal, get involved. And then once you start getting money involved in that state, when you have companies, then it's only a matter of time you see others uh, do, do the same and it impacts other owners, and then it puts the pressure on Sarver to sell the team anyway. So it was great that they kept, their, kept them being vocal and active in the face of what everyone saw was pretty much uh, an injustice in, in the league. So, Xavier, one of the things that I, we were just talking about is I, I don't think Adam Silver should just, like, skate on by, right? And be like, oh, cool, he's selling the mm-hmm. team. We're, we're good here. We, we just played a clip from his press conference, you know, when the suspension came down. He's talking about how people don't understand the nuance behind some of these situations, how he has, you know, access to text messages and phone calls and emails that we don't. How in the world can you look at everything that transpired here and then seriously look at Adam Silver as somebody who's going to championship the diversity and all of those good things about the NBA when he clearly just wanted to protect Sarver? Adam Silver ruined his reputation protecting Robert Sarver and not giving really any co- coherent explanations as to why the league um, pretty much just followed, quote-unquote, the guidelines and didn't speak of any way that they wanted to be able to reform the sport. Uh, and I think it was, it was a despicable and a mischance. And now that Sarver's going to sell the team, it makes Adam Silver even look even worse because it looks like Robert Sarver, he's sort of being pushed out, but he's, he's going out on his own terms. Uh, which the league could have been very proactive in making sure they, they did. And so how does the NBA, with primarily African-American players, stand up for what's right in this world when they have a commissioner that's willing to allow a professional owner to be racist, sexist, and, and or both, and continue on? It, 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 it sends a bad message um, of, by, for the NBA, um, but I think Adam Silver can, can, can help himself out if he tries to advance, say, hey, we want African-American ownership in a league that is only one black owner. Uh, and so I think that should be his next focus is, hey, how do we make sure that there's diversity on a level that is on the top level? And that's the ownership of the National Basketball Association. Now, one of our listeners actually made an interesting suggestion on 
um, who could be part of the ownership team and, and maybe heavily involved with the Suns, but especially the Mercury. And the person mentioned Vanessa Bryant. Mm. If she wanted to do it. I mean, you saw what happened with uh, Kobe's investment yeah. and the, the drink company um, that's now rivaling Gatorade. By the way, it's, it's better than Gatorade. It's, I drink that stuff all the time. Okay. Um, body armor. Uh, they made a ton of money off of that. I mean, yep. starting an ownership, starting an ownership group, and getting people together. I mean, I, I don't know whether she is willing to do something like that, but having uh, the legacy of Kobe Bryant being now he owns a piece of the NBA um, with his wife, I think that's a great suggestion. Xavier Pope, host of Suit Up News, attorney out of Chicago. All right, let's talk about the penalty for uh, Ime Adoka. What he's facing here for what they're calling an inappropriate consensual relationship uh john did a really good job because i i wasn't even processing this i'm like man that seems really severe but um if you've been warned multiple times and you in this case it, it i would assume it's uh Ime Adoka with sort of a subordinate in the organization so do you do you see common sense in this penalty i don't i don't even know what the penalty would be specifically regarding right a, 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 cons- a consensual relationship i guess that distinguishes it between maybe him just engaging in some sort of conduct that that would put the organization responsible. And I think that's why that was put out. But the second part of that is we don't know what the nature of that, whether whether it was someone that was in in a position that he was superior to, he reported to. There are a lot of been speculation on Twitter posting pictures of of several different women uh, on site. I I think that's inappropriate uh, to speculate who it could be because these people have their own private and professional lives that they need to be able to protect. And we don't know what's happening. And so I just tweeted this out. Is There's so much speculation about how fair this punishment is. Uh, who leaked this? We don't know exactly what has happened. And I think it's important for us to be, be in the, the, the evidence gathering of this reporting so that we don't speculate what's what actually fair, what's not fair, or what the appropriate punishment is, or the process thereof. So, Xavier, really quickly, because I think there's a lot of like tentacles that spread from the, this story, the first of which is something you mentioned. I wanted to read something to you. Uh, Michael McCann, who does law, uh, legal expert stuff for Sportico and uh, other stuff like uh, SI, pointed this out on Twitter, said that uh, he would add that it's potentially defamatory to post a photo of somebody, like these women that you're talking about, and falsely accuse them of an affair or falsely accuse them of having a relationship with someone. Uh, that can even be defamation per se, since malice is presumed and damages don't need to be proven. Is there something there? No, I, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with him on the, on the okay. malice component. Um, people speculating who it might be and saying, "Oh, by dedu- deducting, hey, this potentially is the only female staffer," and then posting a picture—that isn't necessarily an act of malice, and maybe potentially maybe reckless, maybe, but more likely negligent. And, and because she is a public figure, then that necessarily that doesn't push it to the, the state of defamation, in my opinion. I don't necessarily agree with him there. Xavier Pope is with us. Sit tight here. We want to play a soundbite from Stephen A. Smith reacting. This morning to the penalty Udoka is facing. Ain't that being done to a brother? Because I got news for you, America. There's plenty of white folks in professional sports that's doing their thing. And I say that not complimentary. I don't see the information out about them. Why are we talking about this now? We got to talk about it because it's the news. Ain't none of our damn business. Unless you fire him. But if you keep him, it's none of our business. It should have never been put out there by the Celtics organization. And don't tell me you didn't do it, because you absolutely did it, because news reporters got it. So it emanated out of Boston. Somebody ain't in L.A. or Utah or something leaking this stuff about the Boston Celtics. Right. This is on y'all. 
You shouldn't have been out here. That's what I have to say. Stephen, ain't wrong on that one. Overreaction without thinking things through and the legal aspect of it. Uh, it's something else I also just tweeted about is that we, and I just talked about this just now. We don't know. This is Stephen right. A. Smith speculating on right. how he, he said the Celtics could have been in. Um, they they leaked it themselves, and we don't know that. Uh, we don't know how this has come to light. We don't know what the process is to be able to compare with with any applicable suspension. And then Stephen A. Smith says that. Don't put this information out unless you fire him. Well, there are all different types of punishments that are, are metered down in sports, whether it's a suspension, whether it's a fine, whether it's being kept away from certain team activities. Those are things that are reported by sports media every single day. I saw you tweet about the coverage of this with Udoka and coverage of Brett Favre, and I'm still confused on all these people saying folks aren't covering Brett Favre. Um, but just on the comparison of the coverage, what do you think? I, I, I don't think this should be compared. Uh, this is Brett Favre, a retired athlete, uh, and this is a Mandoka and a a current active coach that just took his team to the NBA Finals. Uh, so, in a, in a completely different set of circumstances, uh, but I do think you could compare what happened uh, in terms of Mandoka with Robert Sarver uh, in terms of the punishment that he would re- receive and whether this actually impacted him. Uh, and based on who he is in his position in the league, and I tweeted this out, that's perfectly fine. But when you're talking about a different sport, I don't, I don't think it has the same place. Now, I do think there definitely should be continued coverage of what's happening because there are ongoing criminal investigations that are going on with the federal state government. So we have to pay attention to that. So we see, because Brett Favre isn't out of the woods. He potentially still could get charged with something. Wait a second. On this Mississippi fraud stuff, the former director of the Department of uh, Human Services, John Davis, Mississippi, pleaded guilty to five counts of conspiracy, 13 counts of fraud. He was sentenced to 32 years in state prison in order to pay restitution. What? What does this mean for Brett Favre? I mean, it it, it depends on what he has to say, but I mean, what I... I mean, that's a long time. 32 um, years! That's a long time. I mean, this is one. This is the biggest scandal in state, state history. So I, I, Brett Favre is in a lot of hot water because when you see people who are in positions of power going down, then other people, and it doesn't matter who you are then because then now that spreads to different people. And it ripped up, I know Brett Favre talked about not having certain knowledge of things um, I don't necessarily think he, that puts him out of the crosshairs. I think he definitely needs to lawyer up in paying money back. That may be the very least of his concerns. Uh, they have uh, Brett Favre over at SiriusXM featured as part of their programming. Should they just wait on this, or do they need to get the hell out of the Brett Favre business? Uh, I think that you he has, they have to probably get out of the Brett Favre business. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if he's been criminally charged right now. He's paying money back he's already paid money back he hasn't paid it all back um based on some of the impro- inappropriate age of his nature and now that that's come out to light and now it's attached to people going to jail uh right now he isn't someone that's bankable in terms of you banking a criminal and things that only get worse so i think they should probably really reconsider what they are doing this is this is welfare funds stolen from the poorest people in the state this is some of the worst human characters things you could possibly do they definitely need to probably get out of it at this point xavier awesome spot we're up against it have a great weekend we appreciate it love you love you guys
<laughs> you, you always jump at a gun. All right, 3 o'clock hours on the way. Football frenzy time.